And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Oh, yes, he is the punk, and boy, is he acting like yes. a punk, but we have got a whole lot going on because we've got let's a go, huge fight week. We have got UFC 280 coming up, and it is a stacked, stacked card with an incredible lightweight championship on the line. It should be that we have a champion in Charles Oliveira, but right now it's vacant because it was taken from him due to a weight thing. That's all bullshit. Islam Makachev is the guy coming in as the contender trying to take on the champion in Oliveira. We're going to talk all about that fight. We're going to talk about the whole card. We got so many things to cover. We have got to get this show on the road. So the first thing we need to do is agree to disagree. And the second thing we need to do is make sure Josh just shuts his mouth throughout this entire podcast. <laughs> And we can get this thing going. What's up, my man? I want I want to I want everyone to recognize the the bias that he started with is that Charles bias. is not the champion because oh this weight cut thing that was was bullshit. Well, guess what? He missed weight. Your job is to make weight. He's not the champion for that reason, John. Starting off trying to skew our audience with your biasness right off the bat. Ladies and gentlemen, exactly. do not be fooled. Do not be fooled with this nonsense. Let me just <laughs> tell you guys, there will be hashtag Ed's new. Ed's and new. You're exactly right. We, we are the but podcast and still, by the way. But it will be and new. <laughs> it will be and new. But look, Either before way. we get into all of this stuff, we are going to be breaking down some old school fights in our Clips channel. There's a description down below. We're going to be talking about Anderson Silva versus Rich Franklin. Do a little throwback fight. That's only available on our Clips channel, which the link is down below in the descriptions. Hit that link. Go to our Clips channel. We're also going to be breaking down Khabib and Connor because there will be some similarities between how Islam and Khabib get these takedowns and how they dominate the top position, what I'm going to get into. And, of course, John knows Connor very well, and he will be able to give some insight from inside that cage and what Connor does well. So I'm going to sit here and say... We have some great breakdowns for you guys, but only available on our Clips channel. Well, look, this is the moment we've all been waiting for, where Josh Thompson delivers another 10-8 round at Big John's chin. Oh, and again, just like I said before, when it was Islam Makachev versus Bobby Green, that Bobby Green would not survive the first round, and John oh was God, swore up and down. It would be that. round two, round <laughs> three, round whatever. Absolutely Boy, went you, my way. Now, hold it. You wait, wait, one wait, wait. Right. I'll go. Okay, there we go. No, no. And I'll, I'll go. I'll go back. <laughs> I'll go back to the last fight that we just had with, by the way, Long Beach in Long Beach, Bellator. Patricio Pitbull did exactly what I said he would do. He would dispatch. Okay. Adam Borch. He would finish. He would get that fight done. And I knew that he would move on. I knew that he would be the champ and still. And John didn't agree with me, so once again... Oh, you lying just, son of a bitch. So, Look at you, I now you're it. lying. If you guys don't believe it, go to the Bellator broadcast. You guys can see what John had to say in the battle of face-offs, and I dominated that as well. All right, guys. Look, we're going to have some fun with this show. As you can tell, it's already brewing. John's just licking at the chops. We were talking off-screen before this fight started, before this show started, and John wanted to jump through the camera already and strangle me. Thank God he's in Tennessee. <laughs> if you were a big enough tree, you would just timber right on top of me. To but San thank Jose. goodness. All the way to San Jose. All right. 
John, how do you want to start this? You said you have stats. You said you've got all these things that you'd like to whip out and try stats. to prove me wrong. Well, good thing, because those don't work anyways when we were talking fight game, right? Am true. I right? This is true. We, this, you're, they don't you're absolutely work. Right. The copy strikes, all the other you know, stuff you, don't mean you, shit. Look, you are so high on Islam, and I understand why. Look, yeah, I understand. Yeah. He he is a he's a dynamite fighter. But when you're looking at this and you're being logical, you're going off of the fact that you used to work out with him. Okay? And yeah. hey, that, that says a lot because you have an insight there that is special. It's hands-on. You know how good he is in, sp in specific positions. You know how tough he is as far as taking you down and being on top of you and all that stuff. Really comes down to this. He's not Khabib. And I've talked to you about this before. Nope. Okay? Nope. And the one thing that he's really not Khabib in is up here. Hmm. And that's the difference when it comes to this. See, because all the things that have happened and all the things that, you know they want to talk about and all the things that, oh, he's been set up for this and all that stuff. Hey, he's a great fighter. But this is the first truly great fighter he's taking on. The first. The first truly great. Because you can take a look at it, the list and you can go, okay, his last fight is your famous Bobby Green fight. Okay, he took a guy that came in last minute. All right, he got the yeah. win. Dan Hooker. I think just a couple podcasts ago you were talking about Dan Hooker hasn't won a fight in so long again. Yeah. Okay. So then before that, Thiago Moises, right? Good fighter. Where's he ranked in the top? Where, where's he ranked? Yeah, where's he ranked in the like UFC rankings? Four, yeah, somewhere maybe 14, somewhere 13, towards the end. somewhere in there. Yeah, towards the okay. end, I think. And this is what I'm talking about, Josh. You can go all the way yeah. down the list. The one before that I thought was a great fight, Drew Dober. I really like mm. Drew Dober. I think Drew Dober yep. is a really good fighter. But again, where's Drew Dober ranked? Yeah, he's not in there. I got and you. This is I, my I get point. everything you're saying. So I'm where, absorbing all there's this. There's no Saryukin, one. Same thing. Saryukin, same well, thing. Well, is a good fighter, and that's a good competition for Islam. Wrestling-wise, there was a matchup, and you saw that you saw that his wrestling overcame Sarukian's. And so you mm -hmm. can say, you can see that Dagestani style of grappling that he has. Mm -hmm. But there's a difference when you get to the top echelon. There's a difference in the beast. And there's a difference when it, and it all comes down to something you talk about all the time. It's that confidence. And right now, Islam has confidence. I'm not saying he doesn't. And he should. But when things don't go his way, we're going to see exactly who Islam Makachev is. Because yeah. not everything's going to go his way in this fight. And Charles is a different beast. I, all the bullshit, and I know it came out, you know, Khabib's talking about, oh, you're not a good grappler. You've tapped out eight times in the UFC or anything like that. Okay, nice statement, bullshit. Just bullshit, okay? Is he a good grappler, Josh? Yeah, he, he is a good grappler. Yeah. All right, and this is my point. He's a different fighter. He's a different fighter at the age of 30 than he was as a young man coming up in the UFC in his 20s. He's different. Go ahead. His mindset's okay. different. He's got a different attitude. He actually has a different skill set, and he is going to be a motherfucker on Saturday night. Well, 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 we have a huge weekend of UFC pay-per-view, and I got to be honest, guys, and I'm just going to lay it out straight. My boy Islam's going to make it look easy. So if you have money to throw down on my brother, I'm telling you guys right now, everybody is thinking that Charles Oliveira is going to walk right through Islam Makachev. 
that ain't going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. The betting odds were so different that Islam was so favored that now it's starting to equal out in the betting odds. And and I'm telling everyone right now, go to mybookie.ag. Use our promo code WAYNEIN. And use some of our brain matter between John and I. We're going to spit some game at you guys. Now, maybe he, John might make some good points today. Maybe. I'm a, I'm, he, he will say all the things that we all expect him to say. Is Charles Oliveira, is he, he's talent. He's talented. He's got great grappling skills. He can box. His confidence is at all-time high. All of those things. But I want to remind people that people in the lightweight division are afraid to fight Islam Makachev. The reason why Charles is taking this fight is because he has to. He has to. I'm being honest. Lean towards Islam Makachev. Spend that money at mybookie.ag. Use our promo code WAYNEIN. <laughs> okay. But it's not it's not fair to compare that Charles Oliveira is a different fighter when he was younger than he is now. But then in the earlier when you were stating is that Islam is not the he's not confident and he or not he is confident now he's got confidence coming along. Wasn't confident. But his his mindset is not of that of like Khabib's. Look, a lot has happened since his one huh. loss. True, but we don't know that yet. We look, things can change. You just proved to me. You said because Oliveira's changed that things can change. Islam could be the most confident son of a bitch in that damn cage on Saturday night. You won't know. I think he's going to be confident. I, I think he's going to be confident. He, he, his mindset could be just there. as. His as mindset could be just there, as I good think he's going to be a confident Habib's. guy. But the difference being I, is, again, he has not. And this is my, and I'm not taking anything away from who he is as a fighter. He's phenomenal. But truthfully, and you said a lot of guys have ducked him. Okay, I'll say that's true. Tons of guys. I'm not saying you're wrong. I agree with you. I, I'm not, like I said, I'm saying that's true. But the problem is, he hasn't experienced that top three level guy, that top five level guy. He doesn't have one of them on his record, not one. And that's the. Is difference. that his fault? Is no, that his fault? Not at all. Not saying it is. Not saying. I want it to make is. sure that's not. clear. <clears throat> not he's his called fault out at all. Tony. He's called out Chandler. Oh, yeah. He's called I'm out. Not. He's called out RDA when they were all ranked in the top five, top three, and they all said fuck no. They all said hell no. They all, they all sidestepped the issue. They all went around. Then when he got ranked high, they're like, hey, they can't keep his name out of their mouth. Yeah. That's just the way. I know this is the fight game. That's the way it goes. That is. But I'm just being honest. Look, yeah. people are trying to avoid him. And I think a lot of people are also afraid because he does have that Khabib effect of like, hey, he comes from Khabib's camp. They're close. He has that style of which people understand it's going to be a it's going to be one of those fight for my life type styles. I'm going to have to struggle to get up off the bottom. I'll have to struggle over every takedown defense. You know, on the feet, he doesn't get enough credit. He doesn't get enough credit on the feet because he has one loss by knockout from yeah. however long ago. Like, Charles got eight losses. Like, listen, I'm just being honest. Charles got eight losses. How is one guy who has one loss versus the guy who has eight losses? We want to start comparing losses. This guy's gave up several times. Now, I agree with you. He can be a different fighter. At 55, because he had cut so much weight, I think that made him mentally weak. Yeah. You and I can agree. I think we can agree on that. Am I right? I agree with you. I'm a, it, I am a huge, change, change I am a huge personality. <clears throat> I am a huge fan of Charles Oliveira. So let's get that out of the way right off the bat. I'm a fan of his grappling. I'm a fan of the way he strikes and his stand up. I'm a fan of the way he takes the center of the ring or the cage. 
and dominates and commands respect. I love how now at 55, he will stand and bang with you and trade with you. I like that. He threatens people. He's going, hey, if I get dropped, come on into my guard. Guys don't do that, though. Okay, Chandler jumped in for a split seconds and then jumped right out or almost got submitted. That's the, that's going to be the difference in this fight. Now, do I think that Ch uh, Islam's going to drop him? I can't tell you that. I don't know. Do I think he has a chance on the feet? I absolutely do think he has a chance on the feet. His southpaw style of stand-up will give Charles a little bit of a problem. The way he strikes will give him a little bit of a problem. Size-wise, Islam is going to be the bigger fighter. Maybe not. They'll probably be equally as height ways. Height, height. But I think that size-wise, when they get into that cage, that Islam will be the bigger fighter. He will be the stronger fighter. His dominant position. Now, I agree with you. He is not as good a wrestler as Khabib was. But it's a different style. And I've said Absolutely. this for I don't know how many years. He will not. He will very rarely shoot a double leg, especially against Charles, because the guillotine. Because of maybe potentially missing the takedown and giving up the back. All of those things, I don't expect him to really shoot for the single leg or the double leg. If he does shoot for the single, it'll be the single to the body lock. He will work his way up quickly, head on the inside, press Charles to the fence, foot sweep, elevate, take down, whatever it is. But he will end up in some sort of half guard position. He will try to avoid being put in full guard at full cost. There will be no positioning where he will try to end up where he gets a takedown, where he tries to end up in guard. He's got to be very careful, though, because we saw, I think it was with Drew Dober. Was it Drew Dober with the guillotine? I think I had said uh, Sarukian a long time ago. I think in Drew Dober, Drew Dober almost caught him in a guillotine. And Charles and Islam had to roll out, kind of get, get to the top position. I believe it was uh, Drew Dober. Very tight on the guillotine. That type of guillotine and that chance, I think, it, I think there's a good chance that Charles finishes that. There's a, probably a really good chance. I think there's a lot has happened, though, in the quality of the guys that he's had to fight since then. And I'm not saying they're all world beaters. He just can't seem to fight those guys because the top, the top five, top seven, they didn't want to fight him. And the ones that did, he did what he was supposed to do. He got rid of them. I'm getting sick of reading about the fact that people think that he's a boring fighter. He's a dominant no. fighter. No, no, no. no he's anybody a that dominant says he's boring, fighter. Yes. He's a dominant fighter, and he's a fantastic fighter. My whole thing with this is people saying... Especially on and, and look, it's gamesmanship. I totally understand, but when his camp is coming out saying it's going to be one round, you look and you go, Charles's. No, Charles man, camp or Islam camp? It, both of them. Oh. Both of them now. No, both of them now. I don't think so. And and you look and you go, get real. This is the toughest fight of his career, by far, by far. Hey. I want to remind you of this, though. Just because Khabib is retired, he still does train all the time, okay? He yeah. also has – they've also had Abu Bakr in there who's a 175-pounder who can wrestle and do well. You've also got um, uh, Zuba who's in there who's a 145-pounder who's extremely fast, good wrestling, good sambo, good throws, all those things. That's been one of his main training partners for this fight as well. There's other guys that they have brought in that are all there. Now, he's also – I want to remind that we're talking about – the length of when you travel, Charles came in a couple days ago, and all I've seen from Charles on social media is walking lions, playing with tigers, hanging out, you know, uh, sightseeing, which is fine. I look, I understand. Islam's been there for since June. He hasn't left. His whole camp has been there. He is. He has not been straight away. The dinners. That's not. He's training back to the hotel. 
I think there could be a level of distraction in this fight. And I know this happens all the time. You know, fighters get somewhere, they go and they sightsee, they do this. I think as the champion, though, as we all know, when you're the champion, there's a lot more responsibility on you. Hold on, he's not champion. You, you, already, you already told me he wasn't champion. You understand what I'm saying. Okay. I, <laughs> yeah, I, he's I not do. the champion. We know that. But you understand what I'm saying. As someone yeah. who is considered to be the champion, okay? And I said this last show. I said, look, or not the show, but the show before. Is that the champion has a name. It's Charles Oliveira. If you want to say he's the champ, I, I can get behind that. He, he deserves, he's respected enough. He's done enough. I think he deserves to be called the champion. But when they both step in there, no one's the champion. It's that's a vacant true. title and that they're that's both true. fighting for. That's the, that's what's going on. Islam has not strayed away from any of that. These type of things, it becomes, it comes down to that one little bit of focus. Are you focused? Are you, are you more distracted with looking the part, socializing? The UFC's probably got him running around, meeting a ton of sheiks, hanging out, having dinners or not dinners, but meeting and greeting and doing stuff to help set up their future in Dubai or Yaz Island or wherever else they, they want to try to go to in Saudi Arabia. You know, they have Charles out there meeting everybody they possibly can to try to, to make sure that their future endeavors work out. Yeah, that's the nature of being the guy that is considered. Absolutely, to be the it is. But let's be honest, okay? You're you're a smart guy, and you know how to handle these things. Say that again, John. Have, one more time. Say, you're say a that smart again, guy. John. You you Thank know you. how to handle these things, <laughs> and you have people around you that say, "We we will allow Charles to be free from this time to this time." Yeah, and that's when he does those things, and from that, and I don't care how many pictures are taken of him in those time periods. That doesn't mean that he's not focused on what he's doing and why he's yeah. there. And look, you 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 got to be honest about this. This is a hometown fight for one guy. Let's yeah. be real, okay? Mm-hmm. This is Islam Makachev's hometown. All right, his brother there basically owns that place with the people that are behind him. Am I am yes. I saying something that's not true? You're you're saying exactly the truth. Okay. No one has so, been as 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 dominant in terms of relationship building there in the in that area as could be there's only no. one guy that's even close and that's henzo gracie yeah okay and let's let's just be you. honest you and know, they're good and friends so, by the way <laughs> exactly and <laughs> they're so good friends you know you look and you go hey i understand this fight no matter what what anyone wants to say it's a 50 50 and that's what's so good about it it is that Islam could could walk away as the new lightweight champion of the world for the UFC. But it's just as possible that Charles walks away now as the two-time lightweight champion, you know, getting the belt back from it being stripped and stuff. This is a matchup and and the the real difference and I I've heard so many people talking about oh Charles has quit before. I don't give a fuck what you did before. Once you have the mindset, I will not stop. I will not give in. I will not, you know, be in a position where I have to quit. No, it's all mindset, Josh. And you know what? You I, I either can, you can have that mindset or you don't have it. And at one point, I don't think he had it, but he does now. And he's proved it in his last couple of fights. See, John, look, I, I agree, but look... I agree with this. He didn't have it before. And maybe it is something you can get, which look over time. I get it. You can get it. I don't know though, John, he hasn't been sure. He's been dropped by every fighter he's fought in 
Chandler and Justin and Dustin. He's been dropped yep. by all three of them. That's right. And he's got up off the canvas. But I said, like, the reason why he was able to get up off the canvas is none of them just jumped into his guard because he's so That's, dangerous. And that, that is just not true because Michael Chandler did. This is this it, is a fallacy that I've heard Chael Sonnen saying and everyone saying. You go and look at the end of that fucking first round when Michael Chandler hurts Charles Oliveira and Oliveira goes down. And if you're telling me that Michael Chandler did not jump on top of him and start going after him, then I watched a different fight. Did he not? Did he not end up in his guard? Oh, he jumped in. What, what happened at the end of that round? he was ground and pounding at the end of the round. Okay. Now, at the beginning of the round, he was in trouble with Charles. But at the end of the round, he jumped down on him. So that's bullshit that, oh, no one wants to jump down into his guard. It was done. Michael Chandler did it. Michael Chandler doesn't think that anybody can submit him. And he may, you know. He hasn't been, he hasn't been submitted yet. Exactly. And so you look and you go, hey, you know, there's these there's these things out there where you look at guys and you go, you've changed. How many times have you seen it in people? You go, he's, he's a different, he's a different fucking beast right now. I don't know what it is that changed him, but he has changed. Charles Oliveira changed. You could see it from his fight with Kevin Lee into Tony Ferguson and all those fights after he has been a different animal. Are you going to say that these, all these guys that he's fought, are as talented or as good as Islam Makachev. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. Like none of those no, guys no, 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 he no. fought are as Hold good on. as Islam. I'm gonna t- I'm none gonna tell them. you that he's 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 absolutely good. fought. Look at you, you cannot sit there and tell me right now that Islam Makachev is a better fighter overall than Dustin Poirier. Is he absolutely as good a fighter? Is. Yes, he's as good a fighter. Is he better? Eh. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, Dustin Poirier, <laughs> Dustin Poirier will tell you Dustin. about fighting Khabib. I, he'll tell you know he almost uh, he submitted will. Khabib too. Mm-hmm. Different style of wrestling, like I said. Okay, I said that different style of wrestling. And so you you take a look, and I'm not look. Islam is Islam is where he belongs. He is up in the top five of the, of the lightweights. He's phenomenal, but to sit there and say that he has fought as good a competition as Charles Oliveira, you're lying. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't say that. I I didn't say that. That's not what I said. I said I was asking you, do you think that Islam Makachev is not better than Dustin? I already said these guys are fighting each other. These are the two best guys, and it's going to show, but neither guy is going to walk away from the other one. I I look at the way that this fight will have to go down. If If I looked at how Islam beats Dustin, if I look at how Islam beats... Uh, Justin, if I look at how Islam beats Tony Ferguson, I think, I think that he presents dangers that none of those guys possess. Okay, none of them. So they, then let me they, ask you none this: none of them. Let me ask you this: stand up. Who's got better stand up than who? The, each other? These two? Yes, these two. I, I would say I would give maybe Charles a little bit of the nod. Okay. He gets the nod. nod. Okay. Okay. Who's the better submission guy? Islam. Oh, you're so fucking full of shit. How can you say that Islam is the better submission guy when he doesn't even have half the fucking submission victories that that guy has in the fucking UFC? 
Doesn't Come matter. on, I'm dude. Telling you right now. Please. I'm telling you right now. He's he's better. Please. He's better. And we're gonna find out. I believe. I believe. I honestly believe he's gonna submit Charles. We've seen Charles get. We've seen it. We've seen Charles get submitted by people that aren't anywhere near as good as Islam. So don't. I, you're, I know we're saying it at forty five. Look, getting caught in transition, it happens. And that's sure what my does. point is. Islam is the better grappler. People are gonna. Islam people are is underestimating the, better the fact. Islam is the better wrestler. He is a better. He is not the better submission specialist. Stylistically, whatever position it is, he will dominate that position. That's my point. Is that he will dominate whether it's the top, whether he gets to the back, whether it's side control, whether it's half guard. He will dominate those positions. That's the better grappler. That's not just wrestling. That's grappling. Grappler. I said submission specialist. Submission. I think there's a good chance. I would say if I'm going to lean towards. Submission, if I had to say who's going to submit who, I'm going to say that Islam's going to submit Charles. Okay. People were thinking, I get it. Look, I understand. <laughs> Charles has what? The most submissions in the UFC, correct? Yes. I believe he's, I think he's up there. He's the number, I think he's number one, he's, number two. He's number one. I think one. he's got the most. Okay. So he's number one. I agree. They, I think he is, and I, I just pat, I gave him a ton of respect and love earlier on this show. I think he is a great grappler. I don't care what Habib says. I don't care what anybody else says. He is a great grappler. Hands down, great grappler. I just think stylistically, we have seen him get caught in transition. We've seen him get knee barred. We've seen him get other things, you know, in submission. He's been tapped. And I think in this, in this case, Islam Makachev poses the threat in all of those areas. Ankle locks, he poses the threat. Knee bars, poses the threat. Arm bars pose a threat. Kimura's for sure poses a threat. Our arm and our side chokes absolutely poses a threat. The submission game is there all day long. I'm not Islam. saying he doesn't have a submission game, but for you to sit here and tell me that the guy that's not even in the top seven of You're the talking UFC stats again. that doesn't as make far a fight. submissions is better than the guy that's number one. Talking stats one. doesn't make a fight. Doesn't make a fight. It didn't say it, it makes just, a fight. It just doesn't. But it says something about your prior fights. It says something that, you know what? Yeah. One guy has proven that he's been better than every other fighter that has ever fought under that promotion. Every other one. That's fine. Everyone. I, I understand what you're saying. He's also fought a lot more than Islam because anyone at the, some point true. in time was willing to fight him, was willing to fight him because he wasn't, he wasn't considered to be that good. That's why. Islam has never not been considered to be that good. Guys were, taking, guys were just taking the fight as a building block. No one's ever took a fight against Islam as a building block to get to the title. They just were like, I'm being forced to do this. Everyone was like, I'll fight Charles. Sure. He's, he's, he's a guy that I can know I can beat. No one is lining up going, you know what? Give me Islam. Cause I want that. That's an easy fight for me. No one. So when you're talking about those type of stats, I can't line up submissions when people don't want to fight you. And so I this can't is get to my the top point. five. This is my because whole point nobody right wants here. to fight me. This is the whole point. That's why this is such a fucking great fight. It is. It and is. And that's why you got to love it because either guy can win it. I'm ready to jump through this thing and strangle you right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just know. We, look at, we can go on all day long about this. But let's go to Islam Makachev versus Charles Oliveira. And we're going to weigh in on the odds of this fight because mm. I think we're going to be different. Islam Makachev is the favorite at minus 188 yep. compared to a plus 146 for Charles Oliveira. You would take Islam Makachev. 
Actually, I mean, honestly, I don't bet on my friends. So <laughs> no, that's you don't. the thing, John. I don't, <laughs> well, I don't saying, mess with it. I, I don't I bet on it. I know you're not going to bet on it. I know you're not yeah. betting on it. Yeah. But if you if um, you had a friend, who would you tell him to bet on? Islam? I would tell him to bet on, I'd tell him to bet on Islam, and I would probably okay. tell him to, to bet on him by submission. And that's what I would tell him it, to do. At two and a half rounds, it's a plus 130 for the over, and mm -hmm. under is a minus 166. <laughs> I would take the over. So would I. I would take the over. Yeah, I would take the over at one thirty. I would take the over. Um, I think. Especially I think. A plus I'm just gonna. I think this. Look, this is the way I see this fight coming out, you guys, is I think Islam's gonna work his way into that clinch right away. Okay, he's gonna press him to the fence. He's gonna try to keep him pressed to the fence. He's gonna try to get to a body lock, lift the leg, single leg for a foot sweep. He's gonna try to get to the body lock, pull him away from the fence, get to the side control position, and just hang on him. Wear on him. It's going to be a bore. I, it, look, if Islam's going to win this fight, he's going to have to slow Charles down and potentially make it a very boring fight. And I know we just said, I, I just said earlier that people were talking about how boring he's not a boring is. fighter. He's not a boring fighter. <laughs> you just but said look, he's going to be a boring dealing, fighter to win. When, when he's got, he's going to have to be kind of boring in those early rounds, I believe, to slow Charles's uh, attacks down in terms of the grappling. He's going to have to make sure he keeps his head in the right position. He's going to have to be very technical with Charles. And I said this repeatedly, I don't know how many times, over the last couple months since this fight was announced. This will hands down be the toughest fight that, Char that, that Islam has ever fought. But I, I would be honest, he is going to make it a dogfight on that top position in the wrestling against Charles. Charles has not felt, and I know he's grappled with a lot of the best guys in the world, he has not felt this type of pressure. That type of wrestling, that type of Dagestani style of pressure on that top pressure pushing you into the directions they want you to go and making you give the side choke, making you give the back, just hanging on you, gritting on you. I know that Charles is good. He's mobile on the ground. He's dangerous and all over all these places. But if I was to bet on Islam Makachev, I bet him to win and I bet him on a submission probably by the third, fourth, you know, but he'll take it any time. But I think somewhere in that third, fourth round, when he starts to really hang on Charles and make Charles start to slow down, He'll start to be able to dominate that Kimura position, the side choke position. He's not giving up a dominant top position to chase a submission. He will sit there and just hang on you, wear you down, grind you out, make you want to give up. Very much how Khabib did. Very much how he did it. That's where I look at it. If I'm going to take that bet. If, you, if you're right as far as him getting to that body lock in the beginning, that body lock and that first time that he gets it is incredibly important to him and to his psyche because if he doesn't get that takedown from that position and he gets put into a position where he just breaks off or he eats shots off of it that's going to be the start of oh this is a little bit different and we'll see how his psyche goes because if he gets if he ends up where he's unable in just the first round to get the takedown on charles Oliveira. I'm saying that his psyche is going to be, he's going to start to tail off. He's going to have problems because he finally found someone that is different than anybody else he has ever fought. That's the diff. Look, when we talked about the mindset, that's the thing that Khabib, Khabib did not give a shit about. I don't get exactly. it. I don't care. I'm going to get it. That's exactly and, the difference. But the, the, the difference is for me in that scenario is I haven't not seen him be able to work his way to a top position. If he's missed it, he's reshot. If he's missed it, he's came back out and worked his way back in. I've seen him do it countless times over and over, not just in the gym, but in fights as well. 
he is he's dangerous everywhere. He has a different style of of takedowns. This yeah. will be a very he will threaten in every position when he gets to when he gets on the feet. Like I said, I've seen him just hike legs up super high because he's normally the taller fighter. I've seen him be able to get foot sweeps. He is tricky with his inside trips. He's tricky with his foot sweeps. He's tricky everywhere in that Sambo style of takedowns. He does not leave his head generally in the wrong position. And so for his ability to be get, getting caught with takedown or getting caught with guillotines, I look at him, John. Obviously, I want him to win and I, I, I care for him a lot. I think that he has been, his whole life has come to this point. Is they understood the game plan for him. And I know that we've probably heard this over the whole thing was Habib first, get the title, do whatever it is, and then vacate because Habib didn't want to do this forever. 30 yeah, and 30 0, 29, 30 and 0. And then Islam was working his way up. And making his title run as well, and then moving on maybe to, to welterweight. He is a big guy. He's a strong guy. I've had countless guys talk to me about how good he is in terms of his grappling. I've grappled him. Obviously, he's phenomenal. Um, I just don't want people to think that this is going to be just a grappling match. He will stand. He his striking. People don't give him enough credit for his striking because he's such a dominant wrestler. People don't give Khabib credit for his striking either. But then he dropped Conor McGregor. I got in fights, not fights. I got in arguments with Shab, <laughs> with Shab on his show about how Conor was going to piece him up, Habib up on the feet. And, no. and I like, I like, and I, I was like, Hey, dude, this is different. When you're fighting someone who you know wants to take you down, your hands are not as effective. Your kicks are not as effective. Charles, I think because I think he maybe with the, uh, with the, with the Chandler fight, I think he thought that Chandler would maybe try to take him down. But with Dustin and with Justin and there's no there was no threat of takedowns. No. They didn't like that that threat's not there. This fight will be different because he will Charles will know that Islam will get that takedown or Islam will look for that takedown. He will look for it countless times. Not just in transition. He'll strike, he'll come back out, he'll strike again, and then he'll try to get it enter in. He will try to set it up in ways that Charles, I don't think, has seen. Everyone called me a fool because oh Habib, what, you know, oh, uh, Justin Gaethje was D, D2 wrestler or whatever it was, D1 wrestler, he could wrestle this. I said, look, this style of wrestling is not like folk style wrestling in college. It's not the same, it's not the same thing. And this is the very, the similarities of this is very similar. Charles probably been working with some good wrestlers, but there, it's not the same style of wrestling. You've got to bring in somebody. I believe his coach, I, I, I believe his coach did actually live in Dagestan for a while and okay. wrestled in da in Dagestan as far as part of his, you know, amateur career, mm -hmm. got himself, you know, over there and wrestled with those guys. So I think he's got a little bit of an idea, but mm -hmm. as, as you're saying, until you have yeah. actually felt it, it's different. It's different. Yeah. I mean, yeah. look at what Dustin said. Dustin said that about Habib and a lot of people that have fought Islam because he's still fighting. They're like, Oh, like they don't give Islam the, the same amount of credit, but he's also had to fight guys like Suryukian who are just really good wrestlers. He period. is a really good wrestler. You know, yep. and you know, and Moises, no, he's no slouch either in terms of his wrestling and his jujitsu. He's a good fighter as well. Those guys don't get enough credit because they've had to fight tough fighters along the way because they're the guys that they're looking to do what Islam's doing. People avoid guys like Suryukian, Gamrot. They don't take those fights. That's why it's so impressive to see what Darius is doing. He's on this card also. It's impressive to see like Darius going, look, I have a lot to lose. Sure, I'll take that guy. 
Phenomenal wrestler, fucking dog. He's going to bring the fight. I'll take that fight. It's rare that you see fighters do that when they're ranked high. And that's why those guys in that top five continue to stay where they're at. It's because they don't fight the guys that are coming up. They fight the guys that are there, so they don't ever really drop further. I just look at it. I respect Charles. I respect him as an athlete. I actually love the way he carries himself as a, as a champion. He is someone that if I was to say, Hey, if I wanted my son or my kids or people that are my friend's kids to look up to it, Charles would be a very, a very ideal type person as a champion to look up to. Same thing. I feel the same way, exact way about Islam. Either way for me, it's a win-win. Obviously I want to lean towards uh, Islam because he's my man, (laughs) but I'm saying like Charles and Islam, both are respectable champions. They're both great people. They carry themselves like champions. They are phenomenal people for you guys to support and watch. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, let's All get right. on to the co-main of this incredible card, which is Aljamain Sterling, the champion, going up against an ex-champion, two-time ex now, because he had to basically walk away from his title based upon a PED uh flagged by USADA TJ Dillashaw who is a just unbelievable athlete wrestler great with his striking now Dwayne Ludwig trained this matchup is just as good as the Oliveira versus Islam fight incredible matchup for the title how are you looking at it go ahead I'm giving you your your go I, I'm a big fan of T. I like TJ. Um, I like the way his style is. It's a different style than Dominic Cruz. It is kind of bitten off a little bit of from Dominic's. Um, I think Dwayne's done a great job of the switch stance, the kickboxing, the, the way he mixes up the hands, the wrestling, the foot sweeps, all of those things. I think they've done a great job of building that together and going out there and showing it and putting it on display. And I know Aljo fucking can't stand me now after all the, the acting bullshit. But I'm going to be honest, man. Aljo being active. Aljo um, coming in lean like you saw a picture of him just looking ripped and shredded. Yep. Athletically, he I think he will be able to get to this fight to the ground. Not a lot of people really try to take TJ down. And when they do, TJ's got good takedown defense. But I think Aljo has the speed advantage when it comes to the takedown, the shot the 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 way he does it that transition we see a little bit of that like same type of transition in Apache mix yes the way that they shoot the way they get to the legs the way that they they grapevine it right to the back Aljo has a very similar style or both of them are very similar in how they do that I look at what I look at what Aljo can do really well but can he do that for five rounds that's one two is I think he did a great job against Peter Yan. But Peter Yan is not also trying to take you down. I think TJ will try to get a takedown here and there. I think TJ will try to get a takedown here and there. I think TJ on top could be a problem for for Aljo. I think Aljo's a fantastic grappler. I'm not in any way discrediting him at all. I think especially if he's a top position grappler, he will force you and make you move to the positions of him taking the back, him getting to the mount, him dominating that top position. He's a fantastic grappler. He's extremely talented. He's... um. I think he's got everything right now is confidence and fighting is what John is confidence. confidence if you baby. have it, yep. you, it, you, You're that will carry you a long. Exactly. Sure. That will carry you a long way. Um, TJ, since his return from uh, suspension, 
we haven't seen enough of him yet. I wasn't thoroughly, I wasn't thoroughly impressed with his performance over, but over uh, Corey, Corey Sanhagen. Sanhagen. A lot of, a lot of people thought he lost that fight. It was a toss-up to me. I was like, give it to whoever you want. Okay, it's a toss-up to me. Um I, realistically, I mean I'm being honest, it was guys. A close like, I don't I don't it was a close fight. I don't look I, at I, I, I don't look had, at fights. I had Corey Sanhagen winning. Yeah. I don't look at fights and go, damn, that guy should have won. I except for no, when they're close. my friends. The rest of them, I'm like, I don't really care. Like it, hey, it, it, look, they're these guys, if they're good enough, they're gonna make their way back. And if they weren't good enough, then they're not. And that's how this <laughs> that's how the fight game works. Yeah. I looked at that fight and TJ looked good. With a hurt knee, which he's coming back now from another that injury after that long two Been year another, layoff or two whatever year, it was two year long, layoff before the Sanhagen fight. Now another year since it, another and getting older, injuries getting older. This is his chance. This is his chance to get back and let everyone know that he should that he was going to be champion without PEDs. Just the time frame, John. The timing, the activity. And nothing against TJ, man. If I'm looking at this fight, I'm going, Aljamain Sterling has been active. He poses threats that TJ hasn't fought in a long time. Getting Fighting someone like Corey Sanhagen, who is mainly a, no, no knock on him, a one-dimensional fighter. He's more mainly on the feet. He's good off his back. He's got good takedown defense. He's all those things. But he wasn't going to go out there and try and take TJ down. Well, Aljo's going to try to take him down. Aljo's going to try to top, control that top position. Aljo will stand. Like all of those things. TJ's tricky on the feet, so that poses a threat. We've seen him get, we've seen uh, Aljo get clipped, you know, on his entrance and get knocked out. These things can happen. This is the fight game. But if yep. I'm going to pick somebody and I'm going to look at this, John, I'm going to look more towards Aljamain Sterling and Aljo and say, hey, the activity itself is going to, I think, get him through a five round fight against TJ Dillashaw. And he's going to pose threats that TJ hasn't had to fight in a long time. It's been three, four, almost four years now. You know, since he's really had to fight anyone that was willing or uh, aggressively trying to take him down and push that will and force his, his uh, ability on him. And that's going to, we're going to see how that leaves TJ. I, I totally agree with you. I, I look at this and I say, the fact that TJ has had one fight in the last three years, yeah. that's not good. Okay. Now, if you're Dominic Cruz, you can sit there and say, there is no such, there is no such thing as ring rust. You know, it's all about, all in your mind. Well, there is a thing about aging. And as you get older and you start to lose a little, just a little bit of speed comparative to what you were when you were just a, a year younger, those differences come out in big fights when you're fighting the very best. And right now, Aljamain is the very best. Aljamain is very fast. Now, if this fight is going to go Aljamain's way, he's got, in my opinion, to get the fight to the ground multiple times. He's got to make TJ work. In the stand-up, TJ is going to make Aljamain work. Aljamain's going to be at a deficit as far as he's not going to be as comfortable as TJ. TJ's going to feel more comfortable on the feet than Aljamain is feeling. Not that Aljamain can't be on the feet with him, but with all of the switching of stances and everything that TJ creates with his odd angles that he takes, those angles that create openings for him, those are going to make Aljamain have to be really tense during those times looking for that takedown. I think the takedown will be there because of all those switches in the stance and that movement that TJ sometimes takes. Sometimes it puts him in a position where he's open for the takedown. And when you got a guy that's looking for it, like Aljamain, that opportunity is there. He takes it. TJ's going to end up with his butt on the, on the mat. It's just going to be 
the way it is. That's that's what MMA is compared to wrestling. So in this, I look at who's more dangerous on the ground. There's no doubt. Okay, TJ is not a submission threat on the ground in any fashion. He's a good wrestler, but he's not the wrestler that he once was. He came into the sport as a wrestler, and his wrestling was very good. He was working on it all the time. Not that he doesn't work on it now, but when you are focusing more towards one area, that area tends to get better while the other one starts to slack off a little bit. And I think that his wrestling has slacked off compared to his striking. So we've got a basic striker versus grappler match. And in this, I look at speed and youth, and that goes to Aljamain Sterling. Right now, Aljamain, I think, is the faster fighter. I think he's the stronger fighter. I think overall, he's a stronger individual right now. I could be wrong in that, but I'm leaning saying, I look at this matchup. I think TJ's a fantastic fighter. I love the guy. Unbelievable skill. He's going to have his hands full in getting rid of Aljamain Sterling. I look, John, I agree with you. I also want to throw this out there. TJ looked like he started to get tired and a little bit in the fourth and fifth round against Corey Sanhagen. Oh, yes, he was. He slowed down. He slowed down the inactivity over two years, the getting back in the cage, having a fight like that. Mm. <clears throat> it was a very tough fight for him. And I know he took a lot of damage, the big cut, the knee, all of those things had a, played a factor, I know. But will he have, because he is getting a little bit older, the inactivity of fighting at fight pace, that's very important. Don't think that you're going to take two years off, come back and fight at fight pace for you know five rounds. Don't think you're going to take another year off after dealing with an injury and come back and fight at five rounds at a fight pace against someone who's the champ, someone who just trained, who had a great performance against Peter Yawn, was doing really well in the fourth and fifth round. He looked fresh. I had criticized his his conditioning and cardio. Sometimes he slowed down in those later rounds. Proved him all wrong. But yet, he proved us, he proved me wrong, proved us all wrong. But it really came down to the fact that I look at that. If he's made those little bit of tweaks and he can go hard like that or slow TJ down enough by holding the back for so long with that figure four sucking the wind out of him, slowing TJ down by the fourth and fifth round, I think on the feet, it'll be easier to get takedowns, easier to dominate position. Easier to work for the submission. Yep. So let's take a look at weighing in on the odds real quick. When we look at the TJ Dillashaw versus Aljamain Sterling, Aljamain Sterling is a minus 181. TJ Dillashaw coming in at a plus 140. <laughs> Got to say, I think the odds makers have it right here. Yeah, I, I would go that way as well. But it also says under four and a half is favored. I, I well, can see that too. <laughs> Sorry, I, not I'm favored. T- yeah, uh, no, it's you know, it's a uh, over four and a half is a minus two hundred, meaning it's got to go over the you know two minute and thirty second mark of the fifth round for you to actually get that yeah. bet, and you're dropping two hundred dollars to win a hundred. You know, I'm telling. Not not an easy one. I'm I'd, I'd actually think I'd go with the under on it. Four and a half rounds. TJ could yeah possibly hurt Aljamain on the feet, put him away. Aljamain could definitely get the submission. I would definitely go with a plus one fifty five. I'll take the four and a half in the under. Yeah, I'm gonna take Aljo. I'm gonna bet the one eighty one on Aljo. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna go probably. <clears throat> I probably put about five hundred down. 
to make that because I, I think yeah. I'm going to go with with Aljo on the submission possibly as well. So yep. I'll probably put about 500 down on Aljo. And I think, I don't know if if he was to get it, it would probably be sometime around that third, fourth round when I start yep. to see TJ slowing down a little bit. And Dave, can you pull up? How old is TJ? 36, 37? No, nah, I don't might only be 35. Yeah, I was thinking 35. 35. That's what I was thinking. Oh, it's 36, you're right. 36. 36. Yeah, 36. Coming on 37. What's his birthday? Wow. Coming February. on 37 in February. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> so I, I think an Aljo's got to be what? 32? Maybe 33? How old's Aljo? He's 33. Yeah. 33. Just turned 33. Um, this is still part of that prime. That 34 towards the end of your 30, you know, early 35s is when you start feeling a little bit of difference in the speed, a little bit of, you know, um, the endurance starts to maybe go. The strength starts to kind of fade just a tiny bit. Not much, not much, not losing much at 30. But you got to, you got to admit, you take a look at the picture of TJ that he put out two trips. Oh, yeah. Looks just like me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. Sam Calavita, he does a great job with, he does a great job with his athletes, all of them. You've got David Taylor, you've got, um, Cub Swanson, TJ Dillashaw, Aaron Pico. I mean, a lot of, a lot of top level talent goes there. Juan Archuleta, a lot of them all go there and work with Sam Calavita. Does a great job. And, uh, look, and I'm much, I'm not trying to take anything away from TJ, man. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan, despite even some of the stuff that he's done. Before in the past, but look, this is, I believe that everyone deserves a second chance. You got to give him that one second chance. And, you know, if he wins the title again, now, you know, he's been tested the most, probably one of the most tested athletes right now in the game. You've got to believe that if he does it again, if he wins it again, that the, the, the first ones with or without cheating, you kind of want to, for me, I kind of want to erase it. I don't want to say that. I'm going to put him at the GOAT level and stuff, but I'm going to say, hey, I'm going to give you a little bit of a chance. Here's the here's the difference, and this is the difference to me, and I think Dana White came out saying that he, you know, TJ manned up on it, and he did. He didn't make an excuse. Yeah. He didn't sit there and say, I didn't do it. He didn't say, well, it was, you know, something else. He said, hey, I was wrong. I did it. And with a guy that says that, I got to give him a second break. I got to say, you know what? Let's see what you can do from this point forward. But um, yeah, look, I think it's a it's a it's a great matchup. Like I said, TJ was the champ. He walked away from the title based upon that that positive test. You got to give it to him. Coming back now, he fought a good fight against Sanhagen. It was a tough one. Again, mm -hmm. you can't do the MMA math and go. Well, Aljamain got rid of Corey. Different fighter, different time. Doesn't matter. Yeah. But mm -hmm. this right now, this is a fantastic matchup. Aljamain Sterling. Yeah. Is definitely as the champion, he's got his hands full in this one. He's taken on the real deal, but he's got the tools to get the job done. Yeah, completely different style of fighters. When you look oh, at yeah. Aljo completely. and Corey Sanhagen, I, I don't yeah. even want to make that comparison at no. all on how one did against the other. Just can't do that. Um, all right, next up in line, John, go ahead. <laughs> Peter Yan against Sean O'Malley. This is incredibly interesting fight to me. Just the fact that Sean O'Malley, you know, how I want to say, what, nine months ago was sitting there. People were complaining, saying he doesn't fight anybody. He said, I'm not going to fight anybody, not until they pay me. Why would I fight Frankie Edgar? Why would I do these things? And yeah. now he's fighting Peter Yan. And a lot of people, I think if we pull up the odds, he might be the goddamn favorite in this fight. A lot of people are believing that he's going to beat Peter Yan. 
So if you take a look at the the odds on this thing right now, mm -hmm. now Peter Yan is definitely the favorite in the sport book <laughs> mine. So those smart people have got it right. <laughs> but I, 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 lo I love the attitude that Sean O'Malley has brought into this, man. He has been talking, you know, nothing but smack, saying, hey, this is what I've been waiting for. This is going to get me my title shot. I am ready for all of this now that I'm getting paid what I believe I should be getting paid. Good for him, but I'll tell you what. Be careful what you wish for because Peter Yan is a freaking monster when he steps in that cage. John, I'm going to go the opposite way of what you're saying. Go ahead. I, for some reason, when this fight was announced, when this fight was announced, I was like, ooh, this ain't a good fight for you. This is not a for good who? fight. Like you, you, I'm sure you're getting paid for, for oh. Sean O'Malley. Okay. I was like, this is a horrible fight for you. If you picked oh, anybody, you, this is a horrible fight for you. I thought you were going with O'Malley. I was all excited. I, no, I kind of, I, I kind of am, John. Okay, I am. Let's that. go. I, Let's I'm go. saying that back in the day, back when they announced this, I was like, "Damn, this is a horrible fight. Why did you take this fight?" But then I started okay. looking at Peter Yon a little bit more closely, and I just started saying, I, "Look, I'm not. I don't want to say I'm going with Sean O'Malley. I'm going to give him a lot more credit now as we're getting closer." And maybe I was, John, but you know. As, as I start talking to fighters, oh, yeah, those motherfuckers can skew me real quick. <laughs> they can start skewing me real quick. Yeah. I start believing in you guys more than you guys believe in yourselves. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I look at Sean O'Malley. And who was the kid that he fought with the green hair? Chris oh, something, I think. Chris Torino. Came in on last. Who Who Torino? was it? No, not Torino. I'm, I'm it starts starts right with an M. Look it up. It's Montino. Montino yeah, it was like Mantino or yeah. something. Montino. Montino. See it right there. Montino. Dave, Dave trying to say what he said. No, bro. Subtitles, man. Put them up. Said okay? it, says, it says. It says. I said Torino. Montino. You said Torino. We heard you. Was, even two letters off. Four English. Two letters off. Speaking two letters off. That was two letters off. Two letters off. You were actually three. The the M O and U. That's three. One, two, Matino, Dorino. Is this him? You said Tino. You said Tino. I even pronounced it. All right, guys. enough of this. Enough of this. I don't want to hear. Dave, let's try to minimize the conversation. People are getting murdered with Chris Montino. I looked at that fight. The way that the way that Peter Yan fights, and you look you back at the Sterling fight, you look back, he walks you down almost in a Nick and Nate Diaz style. He slowly walks after you, strikes, slowly walks after you, strikes. Now he's got more power than Montino or Maltino. Yes, he's got he's got he's got better he got better and tighter boxing. Yes. He moves his head moves his head offline a lot better. Yes. Much more. All of those things. Also has Sean better O'Malley. wrestling and foot sweeps. Yes, he does. Yes. Okay. But do, do, do you think that Sean O'Malley is going to try to take him down? I don't, I don't think, think that so. Sean O'Malley is going to try to take Peter Yan Peter down. Yon, no. I, do I don't I think do so. I do think that Peter Yan will take Sean O'Malley down. I could see that. I could see, I could see him trying to do that because he's going to need to. Because I think on the feet, the leg kicks will be there. The movement's going to, they're going to have to, he's going to have to slow him down. But I think Sean right now has worked so hard on using his lateral movement, so hard on sticking that long jab and that long push kick and the height of Peter Vion is plays right into that. And the way that he just kind of walks after you versus giddying up after you and making you feeling uncomfortable, 
I think it's going to give Sean O'Malley the time to get his breath for him to, to show his youth in this and say, Hey, I'm, I'm fit. I've got great shape. I can move like this all day long. It's a three round fight, I believe. Yes. So he's like, Hey, I can do this for three rounds. I can stick and move for three rounds. I can hit you with my jab and pepper you. When I look at Nick and Nate Diaz, right? They're not fast fighters. Peter Yawn's not a fast fighter, but he is accurate with his striking. He slips offline. He's a great counter. He can throw big shots to the body, but he's going to have to find Sean O'Malley in that, in that, that reach difference. Can you pull up what the reach difference is there, Dave? Sean yeah. O'Malley's a lot longer with the kicks, a lot longer with the boxing. If he can stick and move for three rounds, which I think he can, he's proven that he can do it. Can he do it with this high level? Now, can he avoid the takedowns? Now, I also look at the style of the ground. Sean O'Malley's not a slouch off of his back. He's got no, good jiu-jitsu. He, he's, he's got good jiu-jitsu. Sean O'Malley's The bigger hands. <clears throat> Sorry. Sean O'Malley's 72? Yeah, Pierre Yan is 67. Five inch. Right, do the math. <laughs> I was like, do the math. So, um, what I'm talking about is the, the big, the bigger hands. Sean O'Malley will probably have the bigger hands, the bigger grip around the wrist control. The striking won't be as effective in the ground and pound. The ability to set up the triangles, the ability to hit the sweeps, the ability to put his feet on the hips and kick him back, get back to his feet. I'm going to give Sean O'Malley a lot more credit than people are giving him right now. If I'm going to make this, and we'll talk about the odds here in a second, but if I was to, I'm a, I mean, we were talking, Peter Yawn is probably extremely favored at plus 290, almost 300. I'm probably going to go with Sean O'Malley. Not much though. 50 bucks, 75 bucks, 100 bucks. Put it down on Sean. I think Sean's got a good chance to steal this fight in a three round fight. I'm going to agree with you in some and disagree with you in others. And where I agree with you is the length of Sean O'Malley is an absolute asset and something that he needs to utilize in this fight. The fact that you think that he's faster than Peter Yan, there is no flipping way that Sean O'Malley is faster than Peter Yan, and that's going to be one of the things that gives him problems. Peter Yan, when Peter Peter goes in spurts and he explodes, and all of a sudden. He's got this burst. He'll sit there and he won't do anything. And all of a sudden, it's a burst where he explodes. Incredibly fast hands. And he goes to the body well. And, and no matter what, when you're as tall as O'Malley is and you have, you know, that long frame, it's an, it's an advantage in a, in a ton of ways. But it can be a disadvantage when a guy gets inside of it. And Peter Yawn is very good at stepping inside of that range and making it to now where all those tools that are so nice to have on the outside don't benefit you in that in tight fighting that Peter Yan loves to get into. And he gets into it with everybody. So I look and say, speed-wise, I think Peter Yan is faster, and I think that's going to be one problematic you know, thing there for Sean. The length absolutely goes to O'Malley, and if he utilizes his footwork right and can keep Peter Yan on that outside, not allow him to slip into that boxing range because that's where Peter wants to be. And once he slips into that boxing range, now all those front kicks, the teep kicks, things that Sean O'Malley uses, they're gone. It's now down to his hands, and there's no way. I know Sean's got pop. Peter's got pop. They both, you know, they both have that ability to hurt someone in the stand-up with their hands, but Peter has shown a better chin overall than Sean has. Sean has been hurt multiple times. Not that he hasn't worked his way out of it at times. He has, but he's also not worked his way out of it when it happened against Cheeto Vera. And you can take a look at, 
you know, you say it was the leg, say it was, you know, the shot, who knows, you know, everyone's saying something, he did get hurt. And in that, Peter Yan is going to look at what Cheeto Vera did, and he's going to go after him the same way. Yeah, what scares me is the leg kicks with, with, because Peter Yan's got good leg kicks. Yes, he okay? does. And then those leg kicks will, those leg kicks will play a factor, especially if he starts working on that calf early. If he starts with, the first thing he does is come out and throw the, throw the calf kick. Then the game plan is to chop him down, slow his movement down, all of those things, which it should be. Yeah. I will, I will, I will actually concede that you are correct. The speed may be the difference in terms of, yeah, maybe Peter Yan is faster or if they're the same, they say they're the same. Okay. But it's going to take him, he's going to have to be faster to get the shot on Mali's chin to cover the distance. True. So to counter it. So I maybe got to re-preference what I just said. So you look at the whole thing like with Connor. It's not, wasn't the fastest fighter, but it was his ability to slightly make you miss and then counter with accuracy. And that's, distance, that's exactly what Peter Yon does. management and accuracy, exactly yep. what you're talking and about. And so he makes you, if he can make Sean O'Malley miss and slide and cover that distance enough to get in range, to get rid of that I reach don't. advantage, and then land the combinations, you're right. Did Sean O'Malley work on knees up the middle, though? Because when you said that he got, once he gets inside the boxing range, that could play a problem as well with the knee up the middle. Look at Corey Sanhagen, the, the success he's had by using those knees up the middle. Now, I haven't seen Sean use a whole lot of knees, though. I've seen him use him here and there, but never seen him throw that jumping knee. I've never seen him just no. throw it just casually up the middle on the shorter fighters, which I'm surprised, to be honest. You would think that'd be one of his most key weapons. I really believe that Sean, and the reason why I'm saying this, I'm going to go back to, I believe that Sean, had, if he does this right, John has a good chance of sneaking out a win over, over Peter Yan. If he does it right. Now, look, all the stars are going to have to align. This yeah, is a really, right. really tough fight. He's got to do it right. But I got to be and, honest. And, and this is where you're, 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 you you got to take a look at. Dave, do me a favor. Pull up Sean O'Malley's record. Because if you take a look at everybody he's fought and take a look at the list there, Pedro Munoz is a good fighter, but it ended up in a no contest. Okay. But show me the guy other than Marlon Vera. That's the guy you go, man, that, that dude is the real deal. Thomas Almeida at one time was, but not when Sean O'Malley fought him. He had, he had no, lost who no, he no. was. And you, just, you can just take a look and you go, he's not fought that level of competition. Mm -hmm. He's making a huge no. step up. And that, as soon as something starts to go wrong, no matter what, in the back of your mind, you go, uh-oh, this is different. And as soon as you say it's different, you got problems. Dana White came out and said, this is Sean O'Malley's opportunity to be Connor Jose Aldo. He looks at it like that. <laughs> like in terms of like this, if you want to try to become a star and you go out and do it, Jose Aldo or what Connor did to Jose Aldo, this is that, that level of potential for you to put yourself into star power. Do you agree with that or yeah, you do. I, I, I will say that if he, if he does that, if he goes out and he starches Peter Yawn, it's just as big as what Connor did with Aldo. And and it's it's actually you got to figure Connor had fought good talent. He could fought guys like Chad Mendez. He had fought some good talent up to that point and that was he was the interim champion while Aldo was the the uh undisputed champion we'll say. But mm -hmm. It's huge if Sean O'Malley 
you know, goes out there and puts Peter Yan away. Huge. Yeah. Huge statement. Yeah, I don't think he's going to put him away. I, I, I don't it either. Would be, it, it would be huge. <clears throat> I agree with you on that. Look, I I, think I'm that... a huge Sean O'Malley fan. I love watching the guy fight. There just comes a point at 15 and 1, 16 professional fights. He's a good fighter, but he has not fought the level of competition that puts him in a position where he has been there, done that with a guy like Peter Yan. Mm -hmm. It's a tough one. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. This is a huge step up in competition. This isn't like just going up three or four no. guys that are in the rankings. You went from being ranked he, number 12 or 13 jump. to number two. <laughs> yeah. Giant. Jump. I mean, this, that, that's a huge jump, huge jump. So, I mean, it says a lot about his confidence. It says a lot about what he believes in himself. It says a lot too in what the UFC's thinking yeah, with him. It really you know? does. So weighing in on the odds when we're talking about mybookie.ag, Sean O'Malley comes in at a plus two nineteen. I hate when they do that. Mm -hmm. Make it a goddamn rounded number. Two twenty is what it should be. <laughs> it's Peter Yan, uh, who's a minus two ninety four. The odds say that the over two and a half rounds is a minus two oh four. The under two and a half is a plus 158. Not sure that anyone's going to get rid of anybody in this fight, but I'm telling you right now, it's it's hard for me not to go with Peter Yarn in this fight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to go I, I'm going to go with Sean, man. I'm going to I'm going to keep right I'm going to go with Sean. Just the numbers. Look at I'm not saying that no. Sean's going to win, but I'm saying at plus 219 I'll go ahead and throw. I'll go ahead and spend twenty five bucks, fifty bucks, yeah, yeah. you know, and uh, and see what happens. You know, even if it's twelve, even if it's ten, fifteen, I'll give you a, a number like thirteen, John. Even if it's thirteen dollars, I'll spend thirteen bucks. <laughs> it's something even like it that. Out. I mean, like these are those fights that. What if you don't want to leave that stuff to what if, nope. you know? And which is crazy because the odds that I put down, I put a thousand dollars down on Chris Weidman back when he fought Anderson Silva the very first time. And I walked away with a nineteen thousand dollars. It was a very nice. It was a very nice uh, trip for me. And so, but I was like, "Hey, fuck it. Let's just give it. Let's give it a try." I was hanging around with Rockhold, who was fucking gambling like a madman. I had had a couple cocktails, and and he had bet, you know, some money here and some money there. Oh, God knows like, if right. you have cocktails, what you'll do in gambling. I've been there. Yes, <laughs> yes. No, and, and it just so it just so happened I, I I continue to keep winning when I drink and gamble. <laughs> so so I was uh yeah so that was a great experience. I'm looking at this. I don't want to live my life in in a what if situation. I'd put 25 bucks, 50 bucks down on Sean O'Malley. I mean I think he can he can stick and move. He can keep the distance. If the fight hits the ground and get wrist control, the length and kick, put the feet on the hips and kick him back, get back up. All of those things to avoid the damage. I think he has the potential and the ability to do. So if I'm looking at Sean O'Malley, I'm like, you can probably sneak or ink out a three-round decision. A three-round. All he's got to do Possibly. is win two rounds. Got to win two rounds. Possibly. So. All right. Then Next. we have another uh, incredible fight when you take a look at it. Benil Dariush against Matus Gamro. Man, 21-1 and one for Gamro. 21-4-1 and one for Dariush. Darius has to be one of the most, uh, I don't want to say, he's almost underestimated. People do mm -hmm. not give this guy any credit as being a really good fighter. 
Gamro, I think they're starting to based off of his last fight with Saruki, and they're starting to see, oh, this guy's really good. Lot, you know, it was a close fight with Saruki, and there were people that thought Saruki had won, but I thought Gamro actually pulled it out. Dariush, he's got something to prove here just to stay where he's at because he's been winning, 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 and dropping in the rankings. Doesn't make sense. It's the layoff. <clears throat> I think yeah. it's the layoff. I also think um, this is a really dangerous fight for him to take. I talked about this earlier on the show when they said, hey, we, have, we want you to fight Gamera. And he's thinking to himself, fuck it. I'll take it. What concerns me, honestly, with him is that every interview that I've read about him or if I've seen clips, maybe I've just seen clips from, he can't seem to keep the title fight out of his mouth. You need to worry about the guy that's in front of you. You need to yeah. be worrying especially about when, not what's... Especially when he's that good. Don't worry about the title shot. Don't worry about, you know, who's if someone falls off. You have no control over that right now. Focus on the guy in front of you. And this guy is good. This guy is a dog. He's got power in his hands, but he's a damn good wrestler. He Great chains wrestler. it all together very well. He strikes off, He strikes and then chains his wrestling together off of that. He It's going to be a tough fight for uh, Dariush. I also think that Dariush, because he seems like he's preoccupied with other things, I hope this is one of those learning lessons, John. A lot of times you'll see fighters get caught up in, I was ranked number three. Now I'm dropping in the rankings. Um, now I'm fighting a tough guy. Like they, they get occupied with other things. And then next thing you know, they start, things start to slip away. And so I hope that's not the case because Darius has the reason what makes him so fun is John, he fights like a fucking wild man. He does. He's, he will fight anywhere. He'll fight you place. on the ground. He'll, yeah, yeah, he'll fight you on the feet, spinning back fist. He's mixing it up. He's he reminds me a little bit of a like a younger Tony Ferguson, right? Like how Tony used to be. Like he would just throw the right hand, miss, come back around, spinning back fist, miss that, shoot a double leg, couldn't get it, roll underneath. Like he just did everything just crazy and wild. And Darius will just take the fight wherever it goes, and he doesn't matter. It doesn't. He doesn't care. Because he knows he's good everywhere. And that's the great thing about watching guys that are really good at MMA. They will fight you everywhere. They are, they're not worried if the fight goes to the ground. I'll get back up or I'll hit you with a submission. You know, I'll threaten submissions to where you let me up. And they're not worried about, okay, I don't have to force to get the takedown. I can stand on my feet. I can bang with you. I can trade with you. And Dariush is that guy. Dariush is the guy that can do it all. And, uh, and he throws caution in the wind and he's out there to have fun. He looks like he's having fun when he's fighting. He's a big guy too. I mean, he seemed like a big guy, but then I saw him in person at the. Uh, not that big. The last Bellator. He's not a big guy. No. He seemed big last. Like when I, when I saw him originally, I said, maybe I saw him in the off season though. I mean, when guys kind of <laughs> fill out a little bit. <clears throat> yeah. But uh, then I saw him at the last Bellator, and he didn't seem that big. He was pretty slimmed down. So I mean, John, let's look at let's look at the Wayne in on the odds. Uh, MyBookie.ag. Use our promo code Wayne in. Let's see what we got here for this. This is you've got. Benil Dariush at plus, plus 144 yep. Yep. against Gamrot at minus 185. <laughs> I mean, do do the gamblers, do, does the bookie site know? What, what Are they seeing what I'm seeing a little bit of, like, the distractions, the focus on everything else? Like, he got mad when, Volk, when Volkanovski said, I'm next in line for the time. He's like, no, 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 I'm next. Don't worry about it, man. You have no control over that type of stuff. You've, you know, so those are the things that concern me. Like, I know he's a good fighter, but if mentally you're not there, you're not focused on the guy that's in front of you, 
that scares me a little bit. That scares me. So the one th- if I'm looking the one- at the odds, I, I go ahead, John. No, sorry. The one thing, the one thing that with your gamma, if you're gambling, you got to be careful because the one thing about Darius, he is tricky with his submissions. He has got a good full submission game. His his guillotine is tight. He's got a great Darce choke. This is not an easy fight for Gamro. This is a tough one. And I'm at plus 144. You could be right. He could be looking and thinking about everything but the opponent that's in front of him, which he should be focused on. But at 144, I'm going Benil Darius. I am too, by the way. Okay. Even though I said all those things, <laughs> uh, even though I said all those things, I'm taking the guy who's been in there against top level competition. He's been in there. He's been he's been ranked in the top five, top four, whatever it is. He's up there. He's a guy that he's he's proven himself time and time again. The verdict is still out on camera. I think he's a talented fighter. I think there's a lot. But if you look at <clears throat> Saryukian, he's a great fighter as well. There was just too much back and forth, this and that. Darius has been faced with good wrestlers, with good strikers. With good, he can deal with it all. And that's the benefit of being well-rounded. I'm going with Benil Darius at plus 144. And I'm probably, t- I-, I potentially may even take the under. I may even Ooh. take the under at plus 144 on the two and a half. I yeah. mean, that basically means they can't go the distance. Nope. And so, I, and if I'm going to look at this fight, I think in the last fight with Gamrot, <clears throat> if there was a lot of wrestling involved. He slowed down quite a bit. But Dylan Ariush will push this action. He will push the pace. He will not slow down in the third round. He will be wild in the third round. He's a wild yep. child, man. He's wild. This, yep. The salt and pepper hair gives it away. You know, yep. it lets, it lets the world know I was born for this. You know, what's that? What's the guy's, what was the guy's name? Rod Stewart. Had like the 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 hair that bounced a lot. That's kind of what I look at with Darius. <laughs> <clears throat> he's got that salt and pepper hair, and I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna have a. Um, he has that wisdom. Yeah. That wisdom, John. It's a wisdom. So, last yeah. one to start off the uh, main card: Caitlin Chikugian against Mano Faro. This is a great matchup. Faro really having great stand up. Caitlin being a, a fighter that loves to be in the stand up. Doesn't have big knockout power, but just puts volume on people. This is, you know, obviously the UFC is looking at Faro and seeing, well, we're going to put you in against, you know, in the deep waters since Chikugian's that person that, you know, she didn't get, you know, the win in her championship fight, but she beats everybody else. Not a lot of people get a win against Valentina mm-hmm. Shevchenko. So I'm no, not going to, I'm point. not going to criticize her for that. No, not at all. John, I think it's going to be a great fight, but to me, the fight that I was really looking forward to, and I felt like I called this fight, you and I actually called this fight, uh, hoping it would match up, was Bilal Muhammad versus Sean Brady. Oh, I yeah. wanted to see this fight, and everyone was like, oh, it'd be the boringest fight ever. I think you're going to end up seeing two guys that are going to grind on each other. I think there's going to be a lot of action involved because Sean Brady will walk him down and mm-hmm. make Bilal wrestle, but I don't know if Bilal wants to go to the ground with him. I don't think Bilal wants to be on the ground too long with Sean Brady. Sean Brady beat Craig Jones. Craig Jones yeah. is a fantastic grappler. Fantastic. Sean Brady's good. He will handle everything that Bilal Muhammad will do on the ground. The ability, though, to get sweeps, the ability to attack the legs, all of those things Sean Brady can do. So will Bilal try to keep this thing then on the feet, sprawl and brawl? Sean Brady's got the better striking. This is a very dangerous fight for Bilal Muhammad, but there's also that pace and that cardio that Bilal brings that Sean, he's a he's he comes in always in shape. 
but I gave him a lot of flack about him not looking too spectacular he did in his not, last fight. He did not appreciate that flack. And then he came on the show and yelled at me. <laughs> but he he's a fantastic fighter. He's got all the tools, all the weapons. And I know it was the first time on a big stage for him, like fighting a really big name guy. He came out, got a dominant win. I thought it was a very good fight. I look at him. I look at the sky is the limit for him. He can continue to do what he's doing. It's a tough fight for Bilal Muhammad because Sean Brady's the better striker. Sean Bader's the better grappler. Maybe, I don't know about the wrestling. I'd probably give it to Bilal. Close. Bilal. But I think we're going to see them get after it. I think you're going to end up seeing these two guys on the feet, having to trade punches, having to get after each other on the feet. It's going to be a good fight. I think it's going to be a great fight. You're right. I think it's going to be a great fight. There, there's quite a few fights on here that you can look at and you go, man, that matchup right there, you know, it's, mm-hmm. there's so many good ones. It's uh, you got to give it the whole the whole fight card is stacked, you know. Malcolm Gordon going against uh, Muhammad Mokayev, that's going to be a great fight for the flyweights. That is a fantastic mm-hmm. matchup. Uh, your your guy uh, Abu Bakr going against mm-hmm. one of his own in Godzi, mm-hmm. unbelievable matchup. That's going to be you know. And the one thing I you got to look at Abu Bakr, he has at times. Slowed down in fights. Yeah. And so what kind of shape is he in? Because when he's in shape, the guy's fantastic. But when he gets tired, he becomes average. And the so same thing with Zuba. Up. <clears throat> yeah. With Zuba, Zuba is the same thing. He tends to slow down as, as the fight goes on. He's a dynamic fighter. Like he's got great sidekicks. He's got good wrestling. He's got good striking. He possesses power. <clears throat> the thing with him is that he doesn't know when. To conserve the energy. He's getting yeah. smarter with it as the fights have gone on. He's getting smarter with it. So between him and Abu Bakr, that's all they have to do is really learn when to let it go and when to just dial it back, get your breath, and then let it go again. Yeah. And when and utilize your wrestling. Zuba doesn't utilize his wrestling as much as he could to slow the pace down. Abu Bakr, too, he likes to get into t- trades. He likes to trade punches, and then he gets tired, and then he doesn't know when to rest, and the other guy pushes back on you. But I also think that both of them have been together side by side with Islam pretty much this whole way since June and July. They haven't left. They've been training daily. They've been working the mids. They've been doing the hill sprints. They've been putting in the work. They've had nothing but, you know, people there making sure that they're eating right, taking care of themselves. Their goal is to get all the way up into these title shot areas. And I think being there with Islam, understanding what he's going through to get to reach his goal, it's a, it's been with a purpose. They're all there to make each other better. And I think you're going to see great performances out of all three of them. I agree. You got to admit, 280. Is this the best fight card of the year for the UFC? So far. I think it's the best fight. I think, honestly, I'm going to be honest, this is the best fight card of the year, I think, from every promotion so far. Yeah. I thought Bellator's fight uh, fight card in Long Beach was pretty damn good. Um, it was that good, was a but... good fight card. I mean, the Aaron Pico thing, it, it was very, it was insane how it all went down with the shoulder thing, but I would have loved to have seen that fight. Would have yeah. loved to have seen that fight really, really go out for the full three rounds. Um, is there any other fights on here? No, I, mean, I know I they're all we've good. Talked, we've yep. talked about all the right. ones that are important. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, hey, we're going to wrap up. That's going to wrap up our 280, and I'm sure we're going to talk about every fight on the end, on the uh, weekend show. On the, on the flip Covering side. all this. Um. John, are we doing? We're, are we going to try to figure. We'll talk about it. I, don't Actually, know. I was thinking, are we? Are we doing the main event? Are we doing the main event? Okay, well, if we well, can we'll get it to work out. out. Yeah, we got to try to figure this out. Um. All right. Let's see, Dave. What else you got for us? 
All right, we'll do a couple of items here. So um, we have this first story um, coming out from Dana White saying that um, if, um, sorry, after this UFC lightweight title fight this weekend, uh, Alex Volkanovski will be next for a title fight for the lightweight title. Um, so, you know, depending on who wins this weekend, will be the next opponent. For All I can say is Volk. Benil Darius is pissed. He <laughs> <laughs> can't win. Uh, you know, you got to give it up and say, let's be honest. Volkanovski has put away. Has he run? Has he run the 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 gamut in the featherweight division? Pretty much. You know, yeah. when you're when you're when you're looking at it and you're saying, I mean, he's fought you know, Max multiple times. What are you doing, dude? He's he's fought yeah, Max multiple. Dave's times. not even paying attention. You know, you got Brian Ortega. He's, you know, had a fantastic, you know, showing against him. There's just no one that you can look at and say, well, he, he needs to fight so-and-so to prove that, like I said, right now, this guy is the best pound-for-pound -pound fighter in the world. I said that, pull, you know, when pull he, the when he had his last fight against mm -hmm. Mac. And I think I said it when he had it against uh, Korean Zombie. Yeah. But the yeah. guy is just remarkable as far as you know, what he's done and how good he is. And you, you can sit there and say that, yes, he has Josh yeah. Emmett is a guy that he needs to fight. I would like to see that fight. Um, mm -hmm. But other than that, you know, he's done it all Nothing. in that. So does no. he deserve, you know, getting a shot at the lightweight champion? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It might not end up, you know, going the way, you know, people will think and stuff. It might not go Volkanovski's way, but, he deserves the opportunity to try. Yeah, John, there's guys in there that, of course, I want to see him fight, but those guys are far enough down that the potential of them getting to them is still yet to be determined. I want to see Arnold Allen have a couple more fights in those top guys. I want to see Bryce Mitchell up in there in those top guys. Those are two guys right now that I'm very interested in seeing them get to a title shot. But that's two fights away for each one yep. of them, maybe even three. Three. So outside outside of those guys, and then uh, Evolov, I could probably see that fight too of him coming up. But that fight just, I think he just fell off with he the Bryce Mitchell fight. He just fell off against Bryce Mitchell. Yeah. So now, I mean, pretty much, who is it? You know, um, there was Pretoria, Pretoria. Uh, uh, yeah. He he, I guess. He, He's been calling out Bryce Mitchell, so Bryce Mitchell said, you know what? Keep my fucking name out your mouth. Come bring it to me, Daddy. I got that. I accept that fight. So now it's up to the UFC to put that fight together. Um, Bryce Mitchell, um, he's a very interesting fighter. And I look at the same thing with him and uh, who's the other one? Evaloff and uh, the guy that I mentioned before that, uh, Arnold Allen. Those three guys are the three guys that I look at. I'm looking forward to seeing them make their Arnold run. Arnold Allen's got to get title. past Calvin Cater. He That's does. not an easy get think, No, it's not, but I think I think he does. I'm not saying he can't. I think he does. He's got yeah. that that matchup coming. So, <clears throat> yeah, gonna be a fun fight. And then uh, then the winner of the Yawn O'Malley gets the next to bantamweight title shot. But you also got to take a look. If you look at if you look at Alexander Volkanovsky, he's got one loss in his career, one loss. That that was at middleweight. Yeah. Jeez, man. Yeah, That's crazy. go go move, move, go go ahead. Move that thing. Take a look at the weight on against Corey Nelson. That was at middleweight. Jesus. 
Welterweight by the looks of it. Was it welterweight? Okay. Yeah. They put it at welterweight. I thought it was at middleweight. Okay, so welterweight. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you're looking and you go, man, the guy has fought at a multitude of weight classes. He has mm-hmm. fought at lightweight before, and he's gotten wins. So I think he deserves yeah. it. John, I'm not going to even argue that. Like, I like to just argue shit just for the sake of the show. Yeah. And I I can't. Like, guys, like I said, that the three guys that I brought up just a second ago, those guys have a little bit of ways to go to give him new talent for him to fight. They've got a lot of shit to work out on their own before they get to him. And then in the meantime, go ahead and let Volkanovski fight and try to become a two division champion. He's got his hands full with whoever he decides to fight going up. If Volk does get that, right, you've already got two other guys. You've got Michael Chandler, who's been chomping at the bit, going, I deserve the next title shot, which he doesn't. And you got Dariush, who was ranked high, that was basically supposed to fight Islam to see who fought for the title shot. He's more in line to get it, should be more in line to get a title shot. And then you've got whoever wins this fight, Islam and, uh, and Oliveira. Yeah. There's guys that are, what are they doing with Dustin? What's Dustin doing? You Dustin's know, he's, he's number two still. He's fighting Chandler. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's in uh, November, right? November. Yeah, yeah. Madison Square Garden. New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. All right. Yeah. Fuck. Sorry. You know. It's all right. CT. You know, brain damage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All I'm sorry. Right, I've, been so there, stoked. I've been so stoked about this card that's coming up. Oh, I haven't man. even thought that far ahead. <laughs> that's there you goose, go. Um, So the next one is. English, Dave. Speak English. <laughs> Uh, Yuri came out and was talking about um, tr- uh, meditating in darkness for three days. And I wanted to get your thoughts here on on this whole like idea that he bas- he didn't talk a lot about it. He just said, "Yeah, I don't I don't really want to say a whole lot. It's my personal thing. Um, this is like you know just a form of deep meditation where he's in a room, kind of battling demons for three days in darkness. Um, kind of bizarre. Okay, before we go on, can you explain to me who this is, Yuri? Yuri who? Prochaska. Oh, I didn't have you say it. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad job there, Dave. Yuri Prochaska. Look, no. you know, no matter what, guys meditate, whatever it is. It says he was in a room for three days, no food. Go ahead, fast. I don't care. Look at whatever Yuri wants to do. We've always talked about Yuri is a different guy. He's a different duck. He does things that other guys don't. He sits there and he hits trees and does all kinds of different things. I don't give a shit. The dude can fight. And he is a handful. And he believes that his win over Glover was the worst performance of his career. He believes that he's a way better fighter and he wants to prove that to everyone. I thought he did some fantastic. I'm not saying the fight wasn't sloppy in areas. It was. But it was sloppy by both guys. And so, you know, that sometimes is based upon both guys giving, you know, others, you know, problems and they're seeing things that they haven't seen before and they don't know how to deal with it and stuff. And like the guy's a stud when it comes to fighting. The real, the real thing here, Josh, that I look at with all this stuff is there's all these people now talking about how good year he is. And 72, not even two years ago when he was coming over from Ryzen, I said, Hey, all you yeah. people that say there's no good fighters out there, stand by. This guy's going to be a champion in the UFC. He's that good. He's there. Yeah. And to everyone out there, you see, there's great fighters out there everywhere. John, you can keep saying that so you're blue in the face. 
Doesn't matter. Well, you know what? Nye, nye, nye. <laughs> they they weren't good till they got to the UFC. That's, That's it. It's only because they got in the UFC that they're any good. I love it. They weren't good till they got there. <laughs> like yeah, right. Um, <clears throat> it doesn't matter where they're at. There's there's good fighters everywhere. Like I mean, there's so many talented fighters in one. There's so many talented fighters in in Ryzen, and there's they got the the new lightweight champ that they have up there in Ryzen. Mm-hmm. Guys fucking nasty good he's a stud nasty good and um he's the new lightweight champ he's got a win over uh tofik mosayev you know like it's like holy shit these guys they're everywhere now obviously i think in in rising and in one they're gonna have a lot more talented fighters in the lower weight classes yeah um it's been that's been kind of historically what they've had uh outside of when the pride was around and they just brought in all the big guys from all around the world um I look at with with Bellator has a bunch of top talent fighters. As well, uh, Yaroslav Amosov to me is one of the most underrated fighters in the sport, if not the Absolutely. most underrated fighter in the sport. Yuri's was one of those guys as well. Yuri's a guy that he doesn't look like he knows how to fucking fight, but the guy's a fucking fighter. The way he yep. fights, John, I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, yeah, you look, you look like an idiot out there sometimes. But man, he's effective, but. F- He's effective. What he does works for him. Yep. Dominic Cruz, people made fun of him for the longest time. Now, how, you can't make fun of him. Look at him. Guy's fucking multiple, multiple time world champion over and over again. Beat every best guy that's ever come in through that weight class. Dominant performances. Um, guys that don't have, or guys that have unique styles tend to give other people, other fighters problems. Uh, Leona Machida, same shit. You know, yep. guys that guys that have those type like like Yuri style of just a weird funkiness. Guys that, that are awkward or hard bring in. because it's not something they that can't... you see in the gym. You don't get to work against it very often. MVP, same shit. Like you got to bring people in to give you that style, and it's just it's hard to find those guys. And when you do find them, they're not exactly the same type of style. There's just differences that just can't be mimicked by those talented fighters. He's a talented fighter. I think Glover gets him this time. But then we are a year removed, you know, another eight months or whatever removed. But I think I think Glover understands the mistakes that he made, and uh, he's a very smart fighter. Glover has always been. Yep. I just wonder if this year removed is going to really catch up with him because every year getting older, it just it does have an effect. Yeah, it but does. we're gonna see. We're gonna find out. I don't give a shit about you being in a room for three days, stupid. Yeah, being in a room. <laughs> if I was if I was Yuri or if I was with Yuri, as far as you know, like an advisor or something. <clears throat> I would say, Yuri, it's okay to go into the room. Go into the room. Be in the dark. If I was you, I would bring a friend. Usually one of the opposite <laughs> sex, but whatever, you know. You do what you want. <laughs> hey, to each their own, my brother. To That's each it, their man. own. Uh, all right, what else you got there for us, Dave? All right, we'll wrap up in this last one. Um, Ed, this is seems to be a big story, Um, but, you know, the way that it was kind of put out, I don't know if it necessarily seems to be as big a deal as it is. Um, so the Ariel reported, Ariel Hawani reported earlier that um, UFC fighters are now prohibited from gambling on any UFC fight, regardless of if they are involved or not. They can still be sponsored, just not allowed to bet at all. Um, but there's actually laws that already kind of uh, prohibit some of this. Um, the UFC has updated their uh, athlete conduct. Um, let me let me see exactly what this is called. There is yeah. no law. Their conduct that exists. No law that in exists. some states. In some Bullshit. States. 
There's um, no law that exists that says a fighter cannot wager on a fight. And they're at the athlete conduct policy, uh, they updated that for the UFC specifically to say that this is now against the uh, conduct policy um, for UFC. Uh, the the fighter cannot gamble on any fights regardless of whether they're fighting or not they're um their training partners their family within the same household um and then there are other people mentioned here managers handlers athletic trainers medical professionals and staff um and then they must report obviously violations of this if they see if they see a violation um, but it does say that it's in accordance with uh, laws that most states um Athletes should also be aware that in most states, these same prohibitions apply to some or all of the relatives living in the same household as an athlete. So, thoughts? I mean, look, I understand. I understand if you're betting on yourself to lose. Yeah. (laughs) Outside of that, I, I don't, I don't understand. There's, there've been a lot of fighters that have bet on themselves to win. Okay, I don't have a problem. Yeah. If if you were if you where this could come into effect and you say there's a problem, someone says, "Oh, I've got odds that you know my opponent is freaking you know minus a thousand. I mean plus a thousand, and I'm I'm minus two thousand. I'm just gonna put a bunch of money on my yeah. opponent and I'm gonna throw the fight. Yeah, that's a problem, mm-hmm. and it, and that's what the UFC is trying to basically make sure it can't happen or anything. It could still happen. Let's just be honest. To sit there and think that it can't happen, it could always happen. Does it happen? Not really. You know, we used to have this as far as athletic commissions, especially in the state of Nevada. You know, as soon as you're licensed in the state of Nevada, you don't gamble, you know? And that wasn't that I didn't gamble on MMA. I didn't gamble on boxing. I wasn't allowed to gamble on any of that stuff. That's you've got a license there. You can't gamble, and that's I understand it. It, it makes it makes sense because it's just the perception. And as soon as there's the perception, the company has problems, and they don't want those problems. But let's just be honest, Josh. If you wanted to bet on something and you're under contract with the UFC, all you can do is go to a friend and say, "Hey, throw give you throw the this money. bet in for me." Yeah, what's that? Guy would just give you the money. Yeah, John, that's it. You know, Here's what, so, I want to put this much money on this person. Get your wife, get your girlfriend. And when it says friend, directly get, or through a third party, yes, I know what it's saying, but that's what they're going to do and say, well, that, that's what I thought I could do. I don't know. It, it's, you got to, th- you got to think about it, you know, 20 some years now, close to 29 years. And now this, this is it. Now you're coming out with this after the 29 years. You know, they've had this, it became, you know, in baseball back with when Kennesaw Mountain Landis was the baseball commissioner. He had Shoeless Joe Jackson and the White Sox who supposedly threw, you know, Rothstein, you know, through the World Series. You know, can't have it because then people take a look and say they don't believe in your sport. They don't believe that it's, you know, it's on the up and up and that can cause you problems. I understand what the UFC is doing. I'm not sure it's a problem though. Can I ask obviously, you a question? Th- obviously they got something that that came to them that they looked at and said, we got a problem. Can I ask you a question though? Yeah. 
I don't need to go to a casino to place these bets. I can do no. my shit from my phone. That's, That's my thing. Like, how 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 are you gonna regulate what I'm doing on my phone? Like, Dick. <clears throat> I don't, I don't, they, they don't have access and that should be private. That is private. Private records. So if, if the UFC, what do they do? Go, they're going to go to my bookie. They're going to go to DraftKings. They're going to go to bet MGM. They're going to go to Caesars. Yeah. What are they going to do? Yeah, what are they going to do? Are they going to yeah. go to all these, these gambling uh, phone sites we, or apps? They're going to say, we want like, your hey, phone. We need to know if our fighters are on here. Yeah. We want your phone. Let us see your phone. Uh Oh, no. And then now we got then, trouble. Yeah, I mean, bro, I wouldn't even let my girlfriend see my phone. What makes you think I'm letting you fucking see my phone? <laughs> <laughs> fucking crazy, That's man. It, man. That's it. You know what I mean? Like, it hey, just, I, I, I just, my I, point. I get if you're gambling, if you're gambling in, if you're gambling in a casino, there's just word gets around, so and so placed it a bet, blah, 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 and then they can check and see probably because obviously the UFC is very connected in Vegas. That can happen. Uh, but I could also just give money to a friend that I'm gambling with. They go place the bet and then just give me the ticket later when we're back in the room. That can happen. Um, on my phone, if I want to place the bet, I can place a bet through my own damn bookie that I have here. Yep. <laughs> and I can also place, I can place a bet on mybookie.ag with my promo code weighing in. I can place another bet on somewhere. I can place bets anywhere on my phone. So I, I, they're going to have a hard time regulating this. But whatever the problem is and whatever made them do this, there was really, something. Now, I, I don't know like, what it was. Yeah, but fighters, you got to think as a fighter, you got to start thinking like, how how much control am I going to start letting them have? Well, the best the best part so, of the whole uh, thing is, who's the biggest gambler you know of? Dana White. <laughs> hands down, man. Hands down. Hands down. Guy gambles more Guy's money than anybody I know. Yeah. I mean, they got rid of the no limit table, right? At the Palms or whatever it was, wherever they had the last no limit table. He got booted. Yeah, he yeah. got booted. He got 86. Can we just come in and just keep doubling down, doubling down, and just losing, 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 and just finally eventually won and took the house? You know, um, yeah. I, I don't know, John. I, I just, I look at this as that you, as an athlete, you've got to draw a limit. You took away our sponsors. And you gave us Reebok for five grand and ten grand and whatever it was. I'm just being honest. You took away thousands of dollars from the athletes. And now that they have a little bit of insight, now gambling's coming around and becoming a little bit more legal and more accessible to them. And they've got, you know, they've got the ability to make a little money on the side doing that. You're now taking that away from them. How much longer are these fighters going to start? They're going to hang out and go. Man, you're kind of ruining a lot of what I'm generating, or I have the ability to generate, so I can live my dream fighting in the UFC. Fighters are going to have to start sticking together and just being, I'm out. It's gonna, but it's gonna take several. And I think when they were doing, when when they had GSP, they had Kane, they had a couple other guys that were re- that were relative at the time. They were forming that little union thing. I was like, okay, now you guys have something. You guys, you guys got something. You have five or eight of the top talented guys that could leave. And that would be a real bad look on the UFC. You're going to need that. You're going to need, re- you're going to need relevant fighters, not in nothing against the guys, not Kung Lee, not Nate Mark, not, not a uh, Nate Corey, Nate Corey, Nate Corey, not those guys. You're not going to need those guys are, they're so far removed 
fans, they're going to continue to just say you're old, you're bitter, you're just you're upset that you were you you failed or you didn't do this, you didn't do that. That's what they're going to say. That's what's going to happen. It's a it's a revolving door of just fans just criticizing them of like you were just failed, you're just upset, you're bitter. When the reality is, is it they just are finally starting to open their eyes and realize what the UFC is doing. And they saw it all along. They just didn't care when they were at the top. They only care when they started to come down. And that's what happens. A lot of fighters don't start to, they start to, they don't start to care until it's, until it's too late. Until you don't have a voice anymore. You need to have that voice when you're at the top. Because you don't want to rock the boat though. You don't want to, you don't want to upset Dana. You don't want to upset the UFC. You want to be a company guy. But then now you're upset later on when they're, they're taking away your right to go ahead and gamble on a fight that you're thinking, okay, I think this fight for sure. Finally, there's some good odds. I'm going to make a little bit of money. I'll put 100 down, win 500, whatever it is. They're taking that away. They already took away your sponsors. I mean, they've taken away a lot of things throughout. Now, they've also given things. They give that $1,500 insurance or whatever it was. I don't even know if that's still around, but I think it is. It's like you have insurance for your major injuries. It's like a five fifteen hundred dollars mm-hmm. deductible, but every single time, but it covers everything 100%. It's a fantastic insurance program. I used it several times. I got injured in training. They covered it all 100%. Great. And the people they had working with handled it directly. Fantastic job with them. The, the Performance Institute wasn't around when I was around. That's another avenue for them to help save money. But all those things, do they really add up to you making money though? I don't know. I can't tell you. You know, I know the insurance is a big deal because a lot of these fighters don't, they don't carry health insurance. They think that, oh, I made 30 grand. I can't afford health insurance or I made 50 grand. I made 80 grand. Dude, fucking health insurance. Number one thing. That's the number one way to go broke besides having a fucking piece of shit car. One of the number one things to keep, to keep people broke is a fucked up car. And then when you don't have insurance, that's probably number two or number three. Those are things that will, those are things that will bankrupt you for your life. Those are important things. Get a car that fucking runs and is reliable so you don't have to keep pushing money into it. And get fucking health insurance. Whatever you do. I had double health insurance. I had double to make sure that I didn't have to pay shit ever came out of my pocket when it came <laughs> to health insurance. Yeah. And it's important. It's just to understand. I know I'm rambling on about this thing, man, but the fighters that are going to eventually have to stick up for themselves. And until they're ready to do it, John, like unions and all this other shit, it's all fucking fallacy. It's all fake. It's all bullshit. People are spinning their wheels. Until the fighters get together and actually stick up for themselves, it's all a bunch of garbage. They got to stick up for themselves. They can they fight. Do. They stick up for themselves in that damn cage. They can't, well, the they're, thing, they're afraid to fucking right step here. on the president's toes. When you take a look at this right here, this has got to go in their contract. So what the UFC is doing is they're sending that contract back out to be re-signed with this in it. Don't yeah. sign the contract. Wait, are you are you sure that it's just a uh, conduct policy conduct update? Does that mean they have to resign a contract? They can't sit there and just automatically put something on someone that they sit there. They've signed a contract with the UFC. Now the UFC is changing this. They're going to have to agree to it if you're the fighter. They can't just put that on you, can they? But it's just like a, any company I, I code know. of business conduct. <clears throat> like you you can you can just update that whenever you want. I'm not yeah, sure. maybe you're right. I'm not sure if it's in yeah. the code of conduct. Yeah, I'm not sure. Code of conduct, you can you can change. It, this is in the code of conduct. I just don't know it, if it it's can the, be adjusted yeah. as it goes. It, well, Dave, most why, don't you pull, why don't you pull yeah. that up? Well, okay. Pull that up. 
Can you change your code, your company code of conduct without? Um, yeah, but see, they're these aren't employees from your, from your companies. That, but they, these aren't employees. That's the, That's the whole yeah. point. Yeah, they're not employees. These are ten. These are ten ninety nine, and they're under a yeah. contract. They signed a contract that did not have this in it. Now they're going to put this in it. Don't they have to re-sign another contract? Yes, he's smart, man. Come on. Those guys have got it in the contract. We can, <laughs> we, can, we, can change, we can change this code of conduct whenever we want. You know, something like that is probably written in there. Yeah, well, John, maybe. look. That might be in there. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. If you were going to stand your ground on something, this fucking sure the hell wouldn't be it. No. If I was going to stand my ground on something, it would be my sponsors. Yeah, well. It would have been my sponsors, and, and you and you you would have seen how far that would have taken you. Yeah, you lost. <laughs> Look, but the thing is, had I had all the other fighters been like, "Fuck, I ain't fighting unless I get unless I can make some money for my sponsors." But what it was was the they gradually did that. Do you remember how they gradually did that? They had mm -hmm. all the sponsors report to them, and then say, "Hey, you got to pay us." They wanted to see their W twos. They want you to pay it. No, no, no. Up to, it could be it's, more than that. It started it was, out. Could have been up to. It started it could out be more than a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, it started out where they made they had a basically almost like a, you know how how the the stadiums do the the seat tax now. So mm -hmm. the UFC said, "Oh, you want to sponsor fighters? We have to pay us the tax." Yeah, you know? and then it was for everyone you were doing. It just got ridiculous. Yeah, and then eventually they got rid of it. So oh, we're gonna bring in Reebok because sponsor, sponsors will sponsors started shying away from like I'm not gonna pay a hundred grand to you guys, and then turn around and pay the fighter five to ten grand. Why am I paying a hundred mm -hmm. grand to sponsor six fighters for another fifty grand or whatever it was? You know, total. It's like I'm spending hundred fifty grand a year for what? Yep. That was it. They weren't getting. They weren't. Then those fight those sponsors started falling off. The UFC's like, okay, look, we've already cashed out on this now. We're losing all these sponsors. Okay, let's just do this now. Do a deal with Reebok, and then Reebok went away. Now Venom, and then Venom is eventually going to go away, and it's going to be moving on to something else. Under Armour, they're going to continue to do this with yeah, Under Armour. New, it it will it will be it will end up being some sort of Nike. It will end yeah. up being some sort of Under Armour. It'll end up being a company like that. Yeah, you know, I know. I heard that Under Armour was in the running when it was Reebok. Under it was Under Armour and Reebok that were the two that were in the running. I think Reebok just outbid them a little bit more. They got more money out of them. Look. I think the fighters until they're willing to stand up for themselves. But if this, if they were going to put their fucking stake in the ground and be like, no, this is the thing. I don't think it's going to be this. No, a lot of these well, majority of these fighters don't gamble. Don't gamble. I'd say, I'd say 60% if 70% of them don't gamble. Maybe even like more. more than that. Yeah. I mean, I like it in fun. Like ah, I might throw some bucks down on, you know, on a fighter that I like and I, but I don't give a shit. Like that's the thing. I like, I don't, I don't I'm not going to stop. Gambling at the table to go gamble on a fight. I'm not going to do that. Fuck, yeah. There's no way. I'm having more fun at the table. Anyways. All right, guys. Wait, we're going to wrap this up. Kind of rambled on a little bit there at the end. I feel like Podcast Dave gypped us with that last one because he left us on a <laughs> negative note. Oh, I hate talking about that shit. All right, guys. Go to WayneandPodcast.com. Pick up some of our merch. Hoodie sweater. It's, it's, it's hoodie it's season. Cold. It is cold where you're at. It almost snowed, didn't it? Was it like in Ooh, the 30s? Dude, it was down like 36 degrees. Ridiculous. Jeez. Ugh, that's why I don't live there. No, I was fucking 92 today. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Take it, baby. 
like, it was 92 degrees here. Look, but I also paid fucking 18% in taxes. My gas over here is $7.38. Let's talk, let's talk property tax. <laughs> My property tax is not bad because I bought, oh, I bought really? a, lot, a long time ago. Really? It's not too bad. And, and, and how big is your, your property? Nah, it's only about 7,000 square feet, 8,000 oh, square feet. 8,000 square feet. And you probably not, not my property, pay, not my house. Yeah, not my yes, house. I want to yes, clarify yes, that. Not yes, my house. My, yeah, the my property. property. Yeah, the property. <laughs> yeah. And you probably pay, I will say, 200 times what I pay. Pro- probably. 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 Yeah. I mean, you, yeah, but John, you, you live in a farm, shed. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't about yeah, the shed, baby. Not even a, it's about the property. You're not even in a shed right now. You're I am in, in a, a shed right home. now. What are you talking about? Oh, oh, right now you are in this shed right here. But <laughs> John's in a damn RV right now until your until your tin home gets built. That's that it. big, huge tin home. What is that? How what's the square footage on the thing? About ten thousand square feet? No. Hey John, I have a question for how you. In all is, seriousness, how big is it? the The footprint on yeah. it is thirty six hundred. So when you when you go with the second story that's put in, the the hold on the garage itself it looks so much bigger. Fifty. Oh. Well, the garage is about fifteen hundred square feet, but it's two story also, and then the inside will be probably about thirty thirty three hundred square feet. It's not that big, dude. I, I ain't got kids. Well, is there two stories in the? Is there two stories on the inside? Yes. So, so it's going to be 3,000 square feet on the bottom, 3,000 square feet on the top, and then 1,500 square feet up and down no, in the garage? No, no, Like no, I said, 10,000 square adding, feet. You're adding way too many square feet. The Gosh. square footage you just came up with is completely wrong. <laughs> okay. Okay. Shit. Hey, John. I saw, the, I saw the structure, and it looks so damn big. I was like, jeez. Do, yeah. do you pay your property tax in chicken eggs? Yeah, sometimes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's you gotta figure, you gotta God. figure. See, I'm I'm under. Uh, not only is my property tax way different because of where I live, but also a farm. I'm under a farmer's thing, so you know I oh. I, I have certain rights as a farmer. Farmers are always taking advantage. We provide food. I provide food for you guys. Bill Chickens Gates and coming eggs. for you. Yeah, Bill Gates can kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> By the uh, way, I wanted to remind everyone, if you guys are just finishing up with us here and still, still going through all of our dribble right now, yes, is this, this pay-per-view is early. The, I think the first fight is at 7 oh, a.m. Yeah. The main car well, doesn't start until 11 a.m. That's right. 10, yeah, 10 Pacific, o'clock sorry. Eastern time for the preliminary 7 a.m. Pacific. And then yep. 11. Yes. 11 a.m. Pacific for the main card. So make sure you guys don't oversleep. Don't make sure you guys don't. Make sure you're up and ready don't to go, miss it. ladies don't and gentlemen. This up is one you don't want to miss. Up and ready to go. Pick up one of our hoodies and our sweaters at WayneInPodcast.com. And lastly, go to our, the link down below. Hit our Clips channel. We're going to be reviewing the Anderson Silva, Rich Franklin fight, some historical fights, and we're also doing the Conor McGregor and Khabib fight. That will be available this week in the midweek uh, in our descriptions in the Clips channel. So make sure you guys hit that link. It goes to the Clips channel. We have some breakdowns. I will give you some breakdowns, some comparisons of Islam and how he will approach it versus how Khabib would approach it in terms of fighting this weekend. And John obviously will have a lot to say because he just likes to battle me on everything. Just accepts the 10 8 rounds. I love it. Uh, and John, you, can, you can have all the 10 8s you want while I'm pulling 10 7s. Mm-hmm. Ooh, baby. That's not true. <laughs> 
true. For everyone out there, thanks for tuning in. I hope you have fun this weekend watching the fights. That's what we will be doing. Thank you for tuning into the podcast, and we will see you.